Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. It is my great pleasure today to announce to you a new and additional sponsor for our program. Tyler Kane is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he is a senior loan officer for Fairway Independent Mortgage. Tyler and his team have extensive knowledge of the mortgage industry, and their dedication has made them a trusted partner for many wonderful families. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to refinance or talk about future home ownership goals, Tyler and his team are here to guide you every step of the way. We've included a link to their website in the show notes, or you can reach Tyler directly at 813-380-8487. Thank you so much for listening today. Let's get started. Hey, welcome today to a brand new year, 2024. Happy New Year's to you. Welcome also to season six of the Excel Still More podcast. That may not mean a whole lot to you, but to me, it's just wild. I remember in my closet, January 2019, I thought I'll record an episode. Maybe my wife and a couple of buddies will check it out. Maybe I can do it for a few months. But God most certainly had different plans. We've now completed five full years of episodes. I've met the coolest people in the world. And now here we are, 2024, starting the year together. I hope that today's content and all of what we have planned for this year will continue to be an encouragement to you, but also challenging in a way that allows for true and lasting transformation. And I will just say this to you right up front. I believe the ideas that we're going to talk about today in this next 20 minutes can help you create an incredible trajectory for this year and probably completely change your life. I believe in all of this so strongly that I'm presenting the content in a few different ways. First of all, the last day of 2023, I preached a sermon at the Lindale Church, probably titled The Four Square Christian. It is very similar to the content you'll hear today, except it's about twice the length and all of that extra time is used studying the scripture. And there are some visuals, some slides like the Purina brand symbol, more on that in a minute. And so if you're interested in a deeper dive on this, you can easily find that sermon at the Lindale Church of Christ YouTube page or website or on Facebook. And then in another attempt to get this information to you, because I think it's so foundational for everything else we'll do this year, this same episode that begins season six will release twice this week. It is initially launching on Monday, New Year's Day, and if that's where you're catching it, once again, Happy New Year's to you. And then it will release again on Thursday, January the 4th, And that's something we've not done before and we will not do the following week, but I know there's a lot of traveling and family and things going on New Year's Day, so that will just serve as another opportunity to catch it before the week is out or share it with someone else. All right, so we have a lot to cover today, so let's get right down to it. There is a book that was written in 1931 by a guy named William Danforth. The book is titled, I Dare You, And that is exactly what it does. Initially, by just daring you to sit down and read it through in one sitting, which I was able to do, and then daring you to take responsibility for all four corners of your development and to make assertive, adventurous determinations for how you're going to progress in each one of them. My goal is to detail some of that for you today and connect all of it to your relationship with Jesus But beyond this episode and the more biblically-centered sermon, I highly recommend that you order the book. You can find it on Amazon. You may get your hands on the small red hardback 1972 edition like I have here, and it just feels good in your hands and easy to read. Let me take just a moment and tell you how it got into my hands. My son Luke had it with him on our West Coast trip to California a few weeks ago. 
His girlfriend Kate had bought it and read it and enjoyed it and handed it to him. He read it in one sitting, just as Danforth dared him to do, and he's found some really great applications pertaining to his life and school and golf and other things, but particularly a very valiant approach to the kind of soldier of Christ he's determined to be. So he talked about it during nearly our entire trip, and as we were getting on our plane to head home, about a three and a half hour flight, he hands it to me and he asks me to check it out. And that was how I spent the next three and a half hours. It can be read through faster than that, by the way, but it dares you to stay seated until you're done. And I just kept pausing to type quotes into my phone and instantly got excited for what I would do when I got home and ultimately to sit down here and share it with you. If you do happen to take an interest in this, be sure and Google William Danforth. Just read about this guy. He was amazing. He started Purina brand like dog and cat food which interestingly enough is a red checkerboard. Can you imagine that? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a red square in the middle and then four red squares diagonally off from that. He designed that symbol in 1904, about halfway through his life and long before releasing this book. And it was designed to represent these four corners of a balanced and fulfilling life. And those four corners are physical, mental, social, and religious. Danforth was clearly a man of faith, as is represented by the fourth element, religion. But here are four clear and very helpful assertions that he makes about these four elements. Number one, they are all equally vital. Now, you probably don't agree with that. And initially, as I was reading, I certainly took pause at that idea. I mean, our physical lives are important, your body, your health, and your life. And mentally, learning and growing and maturing is also a really big deal. Thirdly, social skills and interactions are clearly a massive part of relationship and life. But I think most of us would say that they pale in comparison to the fourth thing, which he coined as religious, but we might also call faith or spirituality. But his second point on this explains more what he means. He considers them all to be interconnected. And I think he's right about that. You cannot separate your body from your faith. You cannot separate love God, religion, from love your neighbor, social. You cannot grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord if you are not learning to stretch and challenge and renovate your mentality. It's not about ranking religion over physical. It's about understanding that all of them subject themselves to God and serve the purpose of one another. And the premise is this, if you're giving a lot of attention to one of them and only mild attention to a couple of them and no attention to the other, then you're quite simply out of sorts. You would not look like a red Purina square. You would look like a strangely oblong thing where one dot was stretched far away and the other was very shallow and it didn't square up. Or maybe another way to say it is it would not be imbalance. I know this is a difficult concept, but your buy-in on this is going to change your life. Let me compare a couple of these things to be more clear. You might say, religion, faith matters a ton. My body and my health doesn't matter at all. But isn't it your body that is the vessel that carries out the will of God? And isn't the will of God often service? Aren't you going to need health and energy in order to do that? You might say, religion is the most important thing in your mentality, You're learning, expanding creativity doesn't matter at all. 
which is an idea I would oppose immediately. How can you grow in your faith unless mentally you are maturing? Unless you're thinking outside of the scope of what you already know. I think people do this in the church far too often. They think that everything they know and understand about the Bible is all there is to know and understand about the Bible. And yet God's great word, just to use one example of literature that has power, is so much greater but it's going to need to change your mind in order to accomplish that greatness. The same is true if we compare social with religious. You say, hey, God in me and my faith in him, that's what matters most. Well, the only passage in the New Testament that speaks of religion in a positive way, James 1.27, talks about going out and interacting with widows and orphans who have need and servicing those needs. I can't even be religious, according to that passage, unless I have some social awareness and skills and I devote myself to love of others. So when you see these four corners, physical, mental, social, and religious, understand that if your purpose is to live out the will of God in your life, he's going to use all four corners in order to do that. But you have to decide to subject all of this to him and to put effort in on each of these things for him. One more thought on the aggregate of all four of these things before we look at them one at a time. When you see someone who's really good at one or two of these things and completely neglectful of the other, that says something about the kind of person that they are. If they are super disciplined in one area, like maybe their physical health, but not disciplined at all in another area, like the way that they interact with people, they are probably more catering to their natural gifts and inclinations and desires than they are actually becoming a disciplined person. A disciplined person isn't looking to make an A in one class and a D in the other. His or her disciplined nature means applying themselves to each and everything of which they partake. And I guess it's worth saying, right here at the midpoint of the first episode of 2024, I dare you to accept that. What this means is this year, you're not thinking, you know, I really need to become more disciplined on walking 30 minutes a day. I think I'll work on that. Or I really need to be more disciplined in daily Bible read, growing in spirituality. Instead, the challenge for you today is to say, I need to become a person who takes responsibility for the whole of my life, sectioned into four pieces today. I am the kind of person who will take all of them seriously because they work together for the glory of the Lord. I'm not asking you to, as Danforth did, say that they are equally important, that your health is just as important as your religion. But if you did choose to say that in the context of what we're covering today, I would understand exactly what you mean. My body belongs to God to be used for his spiritual purposes My mind has so many things to learn and therefore many more things to understand and do to his glory. The social portion of my character that interacts with other people, well, it turns out that's like crucial to the call of the gospel, which is to share the good news and encourage others. Working on those things is working on my religion, and I don't really have religion apart from attending to them. Here's a quick side note on that that was elaborated on much more in the sermon, but the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 that Jesus kept increasing in four areas, in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and men. 
Danforth mentions this in his book. He's just saying, give attention to the same things that Jesus did as he developed into his ministry and work. And you might read that verse and say, well, that's just the natural progression of a kid to an adult. But if I had more time with you today, we could dig in and we could see how he used his wisdom to service the kingdom of God. What he did with his body for the good of others, how his conversations with people changed their lives forever, and ultimately how he constantly sought favor with God and gave up everything for his Father's sake. Jesus was perfectly balanced and positioned to use every part of his life for God. Are you ready to do that? I know that each person's situation is different all the way around this square, but that's why I've used so much time today digging in on the idea of conviction, of giving energy to each and to all of it, regardless of your situation. Now, in these last few minutes, let's dig in on each individually. The first one is physical, or in Luke 2.52, your stature. There's a word that's used in the book that I think is perfect, the word energy. Everyone would agree that you need energy to function. You need some sense of ability with your body to carry out any type of work or service. Our bodies belong to God. They are made by God. They are vessels of the Holy Spirit offering up worship to Him and the way we use them every day. My challenge to you is to do things daily that help increase your energy. Yeah, the book talks about specifics like walking a mile a day or drinking more water, or eating better, losing weight, all of those kinds of things. What if today I don't get specific with you like that? I think you probably already know what to do. But do whatever is needed to increase your energy because it makes you a better servant of God and a more responsible owner of the vessel that he's given you. I won't get into the specifics, but I changed my way of eating six months ago, and immediately the benefit that came and has stayed is higher energy, more focus, bouncing out of bed earlier in the morning, and that has translated into a lot of good things for my life, and I pray in the sight of God. I'm not here today to tell you what gym to join or how to eat. I'm here to tell you to take responsibility to the best of your ability to improving your energy with your body because it matters. I dare you. Number two is the category called mental or in Jesus' passage, wisdom. He uses a word I love here. He says, you need to find a way to increase your creativity. And by that, he's referring to the ability to generate new and valuable ideas, concepts, solutions, or expressions through original thinking, imagination, or innovation. In other words, many of the limitations in your life are because of limitations on what you know and understand. We see this a lot in the faith where people have read their Bible some, they've come away with conclusions, and they're no longer deep and involved Bible students. Some of these same people read 10-second articles on social media or hear some soundbite on the news and run around acting like they know something when what they really need to do is dig in and read a book, dig in and research more fully some of the concepts that are inspiring you, challenge the way you've thought about things and try to defend them in those studies. Grow in knowledge, biblically speaking, grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He talks about things like reading a good book every month, about picking one thing that you know that if you knew better, you could do better, 
and just jump headlong into the research and the discovery of those things. Keep doing so, he says, until you hit basically a eureka moment and a new and creative thought. For today's purposes, I don't want to get specific on that. I'm not going to give you a list of books to read. We do talk about reading the Bible every day, but I think more than that, I'm challenging you to read it for the right reasons because you don't fully understand it. And there are many things he wants to see happen in your life that you just can't even mentally grasp right now. I dare you this year to learn in a way that changes who you are. The third point in the balanced square of life is social. In Luke 2.52, it's noted as favor with men. The word that Danforth uses that I think is great is personality. Personality refers to a unique and relatively consistent pattern of the way that you think and feel and behave, and it plays a significant role in shaping how individuals perceive and interact with you and you with them and how you relate to others. Some people are just naturally good at this. They are social creatures. They have a personality that instantly draws people in and lifts them up. If that is you, then understand that great gift and use it consistently and wisely. If that is not you, at least not naturally, maybe you're someone who just prefers to be alone. You walk right by people. Maybe you don't even like people. I don't know. Please don't come away thinking, you know, I think I'll just do better at some of these other things and make up for it. Listen, the way you communicate and relate to others is crucial and central in Scripture. Just after loving God and serving God and obeying God, the most dominant theme of all of the Bible is loving your neighbor, even your enemy, sharing good things with them, and encouraging them. Dan Forth's book has some great lines in it, like, learn to like people because it matters. He gives some really great practical ideas like just choose five people a month to connect with in a better way, to find out more about their needs or their life and really discover areas where you can serve. He also mentions finding someone associated with your social circles who is very good at encouraging and drawing in, who is very good at discovering things in other people's lives where they can help. And while I get that personality differences may be a factor, single out things that they're doing, and try to do some of those things. But again, my purpose today isn't to get super specific on exactly what you need to do. It is to convince you to dare you to do it. And by it, I mean take responsibility for your personality and for what it means to the people in your home, in your workplace, in really everywhere that God places you. There's more we can say about that. In the sermon, I talked about four different types of personalities related to four different water sources. So if you want more, then you can go check it out there. Lastly, of course, is the word religion. In Luke 2.52, it said Jesus grew in his favor with God. And a key term we normally would translate that to is the word spirituality. And again, you probably think spirituality is more important than all three other things combined. And I'm not really here to argue with you about that. I mean, your relationship with God is the most important relationship that you have. Serving him faithfully, loving him, and living for his eternal promises have to be the priority of the Christian's life. And you should be deepening and developing that connection to God as well through prayer and Bible reading and thought and speaking about spiritual things and appraising things from a spiritual point of view. Never stop growing in spirituality. But sometimes that can feel a little nebulous, like, okay, beyond going to church and Bible reading and praying, how do I grow in spirituality? And that's kind of the secret I'm trying to give you today. 
If you increase your physical energy to carry out things that please God, that will service your religion. If you learn and think differently and grow and get creative, it will make you a more religiously productive person. And if you connect with people on a more personal or open or beneficial level, it's going to serve the will of God. Again, James 1.27, the one verse that pictures religion, the word at least, in a positive way, basically challenges me to engage all parts of myself in order to carry out true and undefiled religion. Now, in this last minute or two, let me give you two super practical tips on how to get going in the right direction on all of this. These are things you've actually heard me talk a lot about over the years, but they seem to apply very well to these four corners. Number one, and we've talked about it, seek whole person balance to establish stability in your life. You've got to give your whole self to Christ. Christ, my body belongs to you. My mind is being developed for your glory. My relationships are an opportunity to be more like you. And all of this is because my soul is yours. Don't come away going, I need to get more disciplined in one of those areas. Come away saying, I need to be more balanced on the whole. And if I become a more focused and intentional person, then each and every one of these corners gets more focus and intentionality. And then finally, consider applying all of this in day-tight increments. Give purposeful attention to each one of these things, at least in some small measure, every morning so you can carry out those things throughout the day and watch what happens because, as you know, days pass very quickly and build upon themselves. Think of each day as its own lifetime. In my lifetime, I want to take care of my body and use it well. I want to learn things and grow and come up with great ideas. I want to build awesome relationships that are fruitful and strong. And I want to be a servant of God, spiritually able to appraise things. If that's what you want your life to be, then that's what your Monday needs to be. Try to include a little bit of each of these into each and every day. Look, the outcome of all of this is unpredictable and exciting, but it starts today by giving to the Lord your body, mind, heart, and soul. Use your whole life to his glory by being disciplined with each beautiful part that he has supplied to you. And start today, I dare you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this program, will you share it with someone you care about? One thing I've learned over the years is the best way for the program to grow is for friends to tell people how valuable it's been for them. Speaking of friends, let me once again commend you to give John Cunningham a call. He and his team have a wide variety of tools to help you use your present budget and life to build towards a more secure and hopeful financial future. Once again, you can reach him at 205-326-7364. And always remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.